0: We give God all the glory, we give God all the praise. Um, You know, you know, you know. (laughs) Um, It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. And particularly at a time like this. Um, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 6 says that, He that descended also ascended. And he gave gifts unto men. And those gifts were men. Wow, men. (laughs) You are one of such gifts. And I really, really appreciate and celebrate you. This week, we look at the phenomenon of last week. We're having a wonderful time this Sunday, your birthday on Tuesday. We're moving from glory to glory. We just appreciate you. We appreciate you for the gift you are. We appreciate you for the blessing that you are. Um, you know, my heart overflows with pride and humility at the same time that I was able to play some role in molding you to what you are today. You're not just a gift to this local assembly. You're a gift to the world. Does anybody agree with me? You know, and the thing about gifts is that you only get the best out of a gift when you truly appreciate that gift. In the book of Matthew, it says that he that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. So, it is not so much what the man carries or what the man is but how you receive him, how you perceive him. I want to encourage you that you've got to have a right perception of who this woman is. She's a gift, not just to you, to the body of Christ, not just the body of Christ, but to the world. And the more you appreciate and perceive her in that right light, the more you are able to receive of her. If you truly appreciate this woman of God... This Sunday morning, come on, put your hands together and help me love on my daughter. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Well, I wanted to be one of the first to give you a gift before your birthday. So there's something small for you right there. I hope you love it. God bless you. God bless you. Love you so, so much. I could make the whole sermon today about her because she's that much of a gift and a blessing. Last year, she came and embarrassed me in the city of London, so I'm trying to return the favor. (laughs) Uh, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. One One more time, help me love on PM. Then we may be seated very briefly in the presence of the Most High God. You've been standing for a bit. Although I'm going to still get you to stand up again as my custom is when we're about to read God's word. Um, I'm not going to speak too long in this first service. Neither am I going to speak long in any of the other services. But I'm going to make it concise and have a little bit more time in the second service by God's grace. Is anybody ready for God's word this Sunday morning? I bring you greetings from the city of London, from House on the Rock London, from my lovely wife and my children and the entire church. They're already missing me, but they've got to learn how to let me go from time to time. Somebody say amen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Absolutely great to be here. Open your Bibles very quickly to the book of 1 John and chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. First John chapter 5 verse 14 and verse 15. Blessed be God. Let's rise up very briefly for the reading of God's word. Just those two verses we'll read together. Right in honor of the second person of the Trinity. Now this is confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. This is the confidence. Do I have any confident people under the sound of my voice? Sounds like there are only two or three. I said, do I have any confident people under the sound of my voice? But there's a root to our confidence There's a reason we are confident. Even in challenging times like this, in challenging seasons like this, there's a reason for our confidence. Now, unfortunately for too many people, prayer is a 50-50 proposition. Prayer prayer is like throwing a dart in the dark. Is well, let's see whether it will work this time. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. That doesn't sound like confidence to me. So people feel that their prayers might not be answered. They're not sure that their prayers will be answered. In fact, it's gotten so bad now that many people have outsourced their prayer life. Let somebody else pray for me. Because I'm not confident in my own ability to pray, in my own ability to get answers from God, from my own personal prayer life. So let me get somebody else to pray. Pray for me. People that are more anointed. People that are more called. People that are more grace. People that are more confident. It seems like whenever this person prays, he gets answers. But me, I'm not sure that when I pray, I'll get answer. So let somebody pray for me. But my job, listen, is not just to pray for you as much as I do and I will continue to do so. My real job is to teach you how to pray for yourself. If all I do is pray for you from morning till night, and at the end of the whole process, you can't pray for yourself, I haven't done a good job. My job is to teach you how to pray. Because there is only one mediator between God and man. The man Jesus Christ. I ain't the mediator. I'm just a teacher. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I'm going to be teaching this Sunday morning on how you can truly be confident in the place of prayer. The title of my subject is confidence in prayer. Help me ask your neighbor, do you have confidence in prayer? Do you have confidence in prayer? Mighty Father, help me. Speak through me. Let me have utterance today. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let yokes be destroyed. Let burdens be lifted. Let us not leave this place the same. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. And the people said a loud amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the most high God. Woo! Confidence in prayer. Now, in the book of Matthew, I'm going to be quoting a number of scriptures um, and I want you to follow me as much as you can. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 to 33 says, Therefore do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink, what shall we wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Help me tell your neighbor, don't worry, don't worry tell your other neighbor, I don't know what you are going through right now. I don't know what you are facing right now. I don't know how bad it is right now. But God said to me that I should tell you, don't worry. I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's challenging not to worry in the days and the times that we live in where there's so much uncertainty, where there is, there are more bills than money to pray. Yet God says, don't uh, worry. Somebody shout, don't worry. Don't worry. He says, don't worry. Lord, how can I not worry? Worry, I I see all sorts of problems. Inflation everywhere. In fact, we've got to a place now where people are are doing all sorts of things to try to survive. Plagued with worry. Sleepless nights simply because they feel so challenged. People have even jacked, if you like, to greener pastures. Only to get to the greener pastures and find out that it always looks greener until you get there. Then all of a sudden you find that it's not as green as you thought it. Don't let me start telling you all the stories of all sorts of woes. Of people that thought they were running away from something. But they didn't think about what they were running to. And what they were going to experience when they got to where they were running to. But yet God says, don't worry. How do I not worry? Listen to what He said in the text. It says that for your father knows what you have need of he knows all of your needs so don't worry even about basic things eating um sleeping uh, uh, clothing he says he already knows and this puts my focus on my god this my god he's omnipotent that is all powerful he's omnipresent that means he's present at all times in all times at all times oh lord jesus it means he's omniscient omniscient meaning that he knows all things. That means God knows about your needs. Can I tell you something about that? God knew about your need before you knew about your need. Before you became aware of your need, before you became aware of your problem, before you became aware of your challenge, God already knew. God knows. And if God knows, then I can not worry. I know he knows. Listen, nothing is taking God by surprise. The increasing price of wealth, the uh, craziness all over the world is not surprising God. It might surprise you, it might surprise me, but it's not surprising God. Nothing takes him by surprise. He knew what was going to happen before it happened. And as a good father, if he knew what was going to happen, it means that he has already made provision. Oh, somebody shout amen. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. He's the good father and he says, don't worry, but I need you to prioritize my kingdom. Because I've got you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things shall be what? Added unto you. But then a question arises that if God already knows what I need before I need it and he's a good father, why then do I have to pray? Why then do I have to ask? since God already knows. In the book of Matthew, in chapter 7, from verse 7 to 11, it says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock upon the door, and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. And he who knocks on the door, the door will be opened. For what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? And if you then Being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I'm, I'm still dealing with the question that why would God need us to ask? Why would God need us to pray? Our heavenly father is better than the best earthly father. He will give better than any man can give. You see, a natural man might want to give you so many things. But a lot of the time, he doesn't have all the resources to give you everything that he wants to to give you. But your heavenly father. There is no resource that he does not have. There is nothing that is impossible with him. He's able to give you everything and anything that you need. But there is still the conditionality of asking. You've got to pray. Why must you? you ask? I'll tell you why. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 to 28, he said, and God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness and let them have dominion. Remove the words in between. It was simply, God was saying, let us let them. So God was putting the authority and the responsibility for everything that happens on the earth in the hands of man. And since God will not break his own edict, what God was therefore creating or causing was that I even God would not be able to intervene in the affairs of man unless man asks him is anybody hearing me what I'm saying so you start to see why it is essential for you to pray. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you. It's not that God doesn't want to intervene. It's not that God does not want to deliver. But he needs the legality whoo, of your prayer in order to be able to intervene. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying this Sunday morning? So, but Miles Moran of Blessed Memory will say that prayer is legal license for divine intervention. Your prayer is the access point that God uses to enter into the earth realm and start to change things and turn things around. Prayer is inviting God in. Prayer is a posture of humility. Admitting I cannot do this by myself. I need God. Does anybody need God under the sound of my voice? You see, God is always looking for a praying man, a praying woman. God is looking for a man to stand in the gap. Hallelujah. Yet, not every prayer that is prayed is heard or answered. Why? Picking up the pace. Why? In the book of James and chapter 4, verse 3. He talks about how we desire so many things, but we're not able to have the things that we desire. Then in verse 3 of James chapter 4, he says, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your desires. The first prayer, the problem is that you do not have because you do not ask. So the first base is the lack of prayer. There are people that are not praying. Listen, listening to prayer is not praying. Oh, Jesus, you didn't hear me what I'm saying. Listening to prayer is not praying. It's good to say amen to prayer, but you better learn how to pray for yourself. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying? Hallelujah. He says, so the first problem is that people are not praying. The second problem is that when they do pray, they do not pray intelligently. Oh, Jesus. Uh, they, they, they pray amiss. What does it mean to pray amiss? It means to miss the mark. It means to pray unintelligently. And the first base of unintelligent prayer is when all of your prayers are self-centered. It says that they might consume it upon their own lust. When all of your prayers is about you, me, and I. Uh, when it's all about you all the time. You have no outward fo- focus. Everything is an internal focus. Your problem, your life, your situation. And I'm not saying that God doesn't care about what is going on in your life. But he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Too much prayer is self-centered instead of kingdom-centered. His hand is not shortened that he cannot save. You put him first and then see him move in your situation like never before. So when we, we, we pray amiss, miss, we're missing the target. And so I quickly go back to our pilot text. Uh, and our pilot text lets us know, it says that this is the confidence that we have. That when we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he has heard us, we know that we have received the petitions that we have made to him. So it lets us know that the prayer that God hears and the prayer that God answers is the one that is in accordance to his will. Hallelujah. Therefore, intelligent prayer is praying according to his will. Oh Jesus, help me. I'm a champion of intelligent prayer and so I have to define it very clearly to you that intelligent prayer is simply praying the will of God. This is the prayer that is guaranteed. This is the prayer that you can be confident in is going to be answered. The one that is in alignment with his will. So therefore, listen to me, as much as I pray, I'm not in a rush to pray. When I'm about to pray, the first thing I spend time doing is I try to find out what is God's will. Because praying accurately, praying intelligently is taking God's word back to him. So, I have this situation. Before I pray, I say, what does the word of God say about this situation? What are the promises of God as regards this situation? What are the prophecies of God as regards this situation? Then I focus on that and I take that to God in the place of prayer. You can only be confident of answers to your prayer when you know that they are in accordance to his will. You should not come out of the prayer session still wondering whether it will be done or not when you come out of the prayer session, you should be coming out with a swag, man. <laughs> knowing that it has been done. Is anybody hear me? That type of confidence only comes from knowing that you prayed the will of God. When you know the will of God, you pray his will. Let your will be done. <sighs> now therefore, listen to me. In the kindergarten or the daycare or the junior school of Christianity, we thought That prayer was about getting from God whatever it was that we wanted. But as we matured, we started to find out that that's not really the real definition of prayer. That prayer is actually about getting what God wants for you. At the beginning, God might have obliged your kindergarten prayers... Some of us have that kind of testimony. You know why? You're a baby Christian. In fact, sometimes, before you even finish asking, boom, the thing appears. Ah, this God is good. Amen. Wonderful God. But then you grow up a little bit, and then you start saying, I prayed about this thing last week. <laughs> it hasn't showed up yet. What is going on? Ah, this is not the way God used to deal with me. God is trying to teach you, it's not all about you. It's about his will. Prayer does not change God. Prayer is part of the process of transforming you. Prayer changes you. <laughs> ah, you see, I really have only one prayer point and it is, let your will be done, oh God. That's, that's my prayer some people pray this prayer as a result of not knowing the will of God for their lives Uh, and so it's almost like well I don't know what the will of God is so whatever your will is Lord let it be done that's not how I pray the prayer when I pray let your will be done I pray with knowledge of what his will is as revealed in the word of God are you hearing me what I'm saying So it's not uh, just let the God... No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm praying the will of God with knowledge and with faith. So a lot of the time... Listen, confidence comes from knowing something. You know how it is. You're about to enter into an exam. And you know that you know that you read this thing, man. You studied it. Every textbook that was released on this subject... You read, beginning to end. If they ask you a question, you can tell them what page in the textbook the answer is without opening live away. <laughs> Loaded, you know that you know. Uh, you know when you have that prepared for an exam, you enter that exam with uh, arrogance. You know, you enter, you sit down, you cross your leg. You, other people are doing jittery they are just crossing leg there. When would this invigilator come? When is the... I'll let them come. Why? Your confidence is coming from something you know, knowledge. But you know the opposite also. You know how sometimes the exam came and you had not read anything. <laughs> is anybody hearing what I'm talking? You had not studied. Maybe you only studied one chapter. Then you start praying mercy prayers. Oh, God, have mercy. Oh, God, have mercy. Because you don't know. <laughs> a lot of mercy prayers is lack of knowledge. If you knew, you won't be begging. <laughs> so you start, hey, God, 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 please help me. Then you hear that, ah, they want to do a looter. You join them. Let them do a Luther. This This exam, let it be canceled. <laughs> because you do not know. Confidence comes from knowledge. You know something. It makes you confident. So that's why you must seek the knowledge of God. You must seek the knowledge of his will. You must seek the knowledge of his word. Because the more you know, the more confident you will be in the place of of prayer. Let the, 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 the gospel of Christ dwell richly in you. The lack of knowledge leads to the loss of confidence. The abundance of knowledge results in great confidence intelligent prayer is praying the will of god every time i pray outside his will i am praying unintelligently okay let me quickly help (laughs) some people are afraid to pray for the will of god yeah some people are afraid to say ah pastor I'm I'm comfortable. Let me just comfortably pray the thing that I want. This will of God thing you're talking about. I'm not sure. What if God wants for me something that I do not want? Hello. <laughs> Some of us say, Ah, the will of God. No, please, oh, and you so you see the reason that a lot of people are afraid of praying the will of god is actually because of our religious upbringing that makes in fact our religious upbringing taught that the will of god must be something you don't like in fact some people have entered relationships with that philosophy that ah this one i liked it must not be the will of god this one i don't like it's the will of god what type of warped thinking is that when it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When it is God that crafted you in the inward parts and therefore crafted your desires and made you have a particular drawing towards a particular type because he knew that you were going to need that type to fulfill your purpose. But religion said, nah, if you like it, it's not God. It's the one you don't like. It's the one that you hate. That is God. That devil is a liar. <laughs> He worketh in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right interpretation. He will give you not what you desire but what to desire. He will put that desire inside you. So people are afraid of the will of God. Because they are afraid that maybe the will of God will be something I don't like. This thinking is also connected to a lack of knowledge of the character of God. Because if you really know the character of God. You would not be afraid to ask for his will in your life. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. It says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. they are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope that's what God is thinking about you that's what God is thinking about me he can't think evil he can't plan evil he can't orchestrate downfall he's only looking for my uplifted so I decree and declare over you that when men say that there is a casting down you shall say that there is a lifting up. James chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17 says, be not deceived my beloved brethren, every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights in whom there is no variableness, not the shadow of turning. Did you hear that? It's not that with him there is no turning, even the shadow even the hint, even the suggestion of changing his mind is not in his books. He is faithful. He is reliable. He is dependable. He does not do good today and bad tomorrow. He's not up and down. He's altogether lovely. He's altogether good. If you believe me what I'm saying, come and shout. Yeah. Yeah. there is no reason to be afraid of his will. I have confidence in his character. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He is consistent. He is dependable. He is reliable. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody give God the praise and I quickly close in a rush. I try to close. And I want to quickly tell you about your identity in the place of prayer because in the book of James in chapter five, verse 16 B, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Oh yeah. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, when you read that, you think that the righteousness there is a about a man that is a good two shoes, that's always doing everything right, that's holy and pious, which is why you are going to the priest and you're going to the prophet and you're going to the prayer warrior because you think they are more righteous than you are. But that's not a New Testament understanding of righteousness, a New Testament of understanding of righteousness. We understand in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 5, and verse 21. He said, He who knew no sin became sin that we who knew no righteousness might become the righteousness of God. This is not a result of something you did or did not do. This is simply a declaration from heaven that you are now righteous. I receive you. I see you as righteous because of what Jesus has done on your behalf. So therefore you are the righteous man in James and chapter 5 and 16 whose prayers uh, can be effectual and fervent. Uh, In the Amplified Bible, it says, uh, causes much power to be made available. Uh, You have that power. Ephesians in chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Now unto our God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that is where? At work within us. Uh, You've got power on the inside of you, and that power is released uh, through effective but if that prayer is not in, in, imbued with confidence, it will produce nothing. A lot of our prayers, the ingredient that is absent is the ingredient of confidence. If you add confidence, which is faith, in your prayer, you will see answers. This Sunday morning, I come came to decree and declare speedy answers rushing into your life. Rushing into your situations, rushing into your circumstances in the mighty name of Jesus. You are going to be confident in the character of God. You are going to be confident in the righteousness of God that God has made you. Do I have any righteous people under the sound of my voice? Somebody shout, yeah. You don't go to God in your own righteousness because all of our own natural righteousness is as filthy rags. You've got to change your thinking from a performance based Christianity to a receiving Christianity. This is what Christ has done and I receive it and I walk in it in the mighty name of Jesus. Go and study Pauline prayers. All of the prayers of Paul. The majority of his prayers was always that you would know. That you will come to the knowledge of something. That you would know what is already done for you, that you will know that you are the righteousness of God. Too much sin consciousness and so little righteousness consciousness. Somebody shout, I am righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When I approach the throne of grace, I approach with boldness because I know I am the righteousness of God. Hallelujah! <laughs> righteousness. I am the righteousness. I am the righteousness. Somebody said, "I am the righteousness." I am the I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. He has declared me righteous. I have right standing before God. No reason to be afraid. Afraid? No reason to cower. No, no, no. I am the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. I like that word righteousness 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 Did you get it? Did you get it? Do you see it? Righteousness It means I have rights It means you have rights I came to announce somebody to somebody this Sunday morning. You have a right to healing. You have a right to deliverance. You have a right to promotion. You have a right to abundance. You have a right to break through. Whatever God said. Whatever God promised. Whatever is written in the good book. You have a right to it. Because you are the righteousness of God. If you believe what I'm saying. Come and show you. Yeah. So now when I read the Bible I'm reading it to discover what I have a right to. Mm, mm, your God Romans and chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 it says for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, why should I be ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Why should I be ashamed of Jesus and his word and his promise? This is the power of God that has saved me. But listen to verse 17. He says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith hallelujah Uh, but didn't we just read in the book of second corinthians 5 and 21 that he who knew no sin became sin that we who knew no righteousness might become the righteousness of god but he's saying in romans uh, that in the word of god in the gospel of christ is the righteousness of god that you and i have been made revealed (laughs) yeah 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 from faith to faith So I apply faith to what I read in the word that it says about me. You see, now I no longer take the Bible as some religious book. You know, some people think the Bible is some talisman. If I'm having bad dreams, just put the Bible under your pillow and lay. You have no bad dreams. That devil is a liar. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying? Until the Bible, you open the Bible, you study it, and you get it into your soul, it ain't going to work for you. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So now, when I, I realize the Bible is a manual, it's a book that is full of my rights, it is full of my righteousness therein is the righteousness of God revealed I have been made the righteousness of God you see the day you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior instantaneously in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, you are a new creation you spend the rest of your Christian life finding out about what happened in that moment the rest of your Christian life studying the word of God and discovering more and more what you have been made what you have a right to listen once I know I have a right to it ah ah Jesus you cannot take it away from you ah I will fight you like bulldog (laughs) the best thing is don't let me know I have a right the day I know God has promised it I have evidence all over his word that this is mine That is it, (laughs) Abukukon. Forgive me, forgive me. I'm in Nigeria. I don't do this normally. (laughs) Somebody shout amen. amen. You are the righteousness of God. He's paid the price for you. You have rights. You have rights. You have rights to prosper when others are not prospering. You have a right to sow in the land of famine and reap a hundredfold return when nobody else is sowing. You have rights to rule and reign in this life. He has given you all things that pertain unto life and goodness. You are partakers of the divine nature. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and power. You have rights Hallelujah. And when you understand that you have rights, when you understand your righteousness, when you understand the character of God, you can be confident in prayer. No longer outsourcing. No, 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 no. I can pray with people. It's all right. It's good. We love the power of agreement, we love the corporate anointing. But you'll better make sure that you can pray by yourself with confidence. I unlock confidence in you. I unlock confidence in you even today in the name of Jesus. I unlock confidence in you. Confidence in prayer in the name of Jesus. The heavens rush to your prayers in the name of Jesus. God has been looking for men and women that will pray in accordance to his will. Looking for men... God is eager to show himself strong on our behalf. But he's bound by the legality, if you like, of our prayers. If we get it right, we will see God intervene. We will see God move like never before. I bless you, Lord. Give you the glory. I give you the honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray now that you confirm your word. Spoken by me this morning with signs, wonders, mighty acts, speedy answers, revival in our prayer lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I do pray. And the people shouted aloud, Amen.